0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode, and it's not another normal episode. It's part two of a two-parter. Um, they're not con- they're not connected episodes as such, but um, today's guest is Tanya from Jits into the Sunset, the the, the absolutely incredible uh, travel vlog uh, and, and and YouTube uh, series of films, uh, as well as a podcast as well. I should stress that. Um, and, and and Tanya is uh, the co-creator and co-host alongside Adam, whose episode came out earlier. Uh, and so it's an opportunity now for me to sit down with um, the other half of uh, of that duo, and that's Tanya and her story is way different to Adam's. And so that's the benefits of of kind of splitting them up for this this conversation to get a real deep dive in in both of their journeys. And uh, and it, it's, it was such a lovely time get into chat to them both um they're they're absolutely adorable human beings and before we even get into this episode if you've not checked out jits j-i-t-s jits into the sunset on youtube go and watch it because if, if fan life's ever been something that's fascinated you or appealed to you or entertained you um then go and watch that because their filmmaking is just off the scale and uh and like me you're going to get pulled into their their lovely inquisitive warm personalities and uh and then before you know it like i'm about to do go out and buy a camper and 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 get stuck into van life um so uh, i want to do a few thank yous uh big thanks to screw pip and everybody at the distraction pieces network uh big thanks to the team at the blue murder club podcast which is a wonderful true crime podcast with some amazing guests uh, so go give that a, a, a listen because uh, it's the team over there that produce this podcast. So so big thanks to those. And uh, and if you're new to the pod, then welcome. Um, go check out the back catalogue. When you finish today's chat with Tanya and you've, you've listened to Adam's episode, then go and check out the back catalogue because there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. There's, there's well over 400 episodes and you can hear me chatting to... Big rock and roll bands like Motley Crue and the Foo Fighters, and big old indie bands like the Kooks and the Killers and the Kaiser Chiefs, and oh gosh, Swade. And then yeah, I've had Fat Boy Slim on and Chuck D from Public Enemy, uh, all loads of some incredible actors. David Duchovny, uh, you know, David bloody Duchovny. I don't know how that one came about actually. That was that was quite surreal. Um, and and do you know what? The amount of my friends that went you've just spoke to uh, Mulder from bloody, uh, what's it called, X-Files. And I was like, yeah, I know. And they're like, was you like a massive X-Files fan? I was like, I never watched it. Um, But it didn't matter because he was there to talk about his journey and it was a lovely conversation. Uh, And that's the idea what this podcast is about. And it's just really nice, warm conversations with creative people uh, from all walks of life and it's a delight to do uh, and if you like get a fraction of the enjoyment listening as I do putting it together then um, we've all had a lovely time and you're going to have a lovely time so let's get on with it please enjoy today's episode of Off The Beaten and Track Podcast with Tanya from Jits into the sunset it's Off The Beaten and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me Stew Whipping him. Okay, we are recording. Tanya, how are you today?
2: I'm very well. Thank you so much.
1: So this is this is really strange. I was saying to um to to Adam. So this is the first time I've ever had a, a couple on a podcast, and and the format <laughs> of the podcast doesn't lend itself to having sort of two guests. I've done it a couple of times where I've had like two guests on at the same time, and I think because. The idea of the podcast is a bit of a kind of life story and a deep dive into you know your, your journey mm-hmm. to, to, to this point. It's quite hard to go, oh yes, okay, all right, yeah, great. And so and so, what was yours? And so it, it kind of, I was like, do you know what, I'm so used to seeing you both together in in, in, in on, on YouTube <laughs> and on the podcast. I thought, right, no, I'm gonna say both come on, but let's let's split it up. So we do this as like a double episode. So I'm, I'm super excited for this one. And uh, no, um,
2: thank you so much for. Yeah, no, Thank you so much for for having us. And also, I have to just say straight off the bat, I have major imposter syndrome right now, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing here when you interview such (laughs) amazing guests, such big names. It genuinely blows my mind. But here we are. uh, I'm just really excited to be here. So thank you.
1: The, The idea of this podcast was always to be to chat to interesting, creative people about their journey. And I have been inspired by many musicians that I've had on this podcast and many actors that I've had on, but none more so than how inspired I've been of late by watching you and Adam's adventures uh, on on YouTube and and hearing you speaking to the Retirement Rebel and these people on the podcast that have inspired me. And I said to Adam at the the beginning of his episode, today at 4pm I'm going to look to buy my camper today. Uh, yes and then, and then if all goes to plan then in, in a couple of weeks I'll uh, I'm going to have my first adventure and I can't wait and it was it's something that I've wanted to do for years and years and years and and again not to sort of repeat myself too much but I, I said to Adam like I'm 50 in a couple of months and it's like I'm going to do it uh, I've, I've spent years wild yeah. swimming and, and and doing lots of things like that and and it's like I've always wanted the camper and it was just watching your adventures and just made it seem and I get and I mean this in such a complimentary way uh, it made it seem like it was doable and yeah. knowing that that you've you know neither of you's had vast experience of van life and it was mm. something that you know we, we spoke to Adam about and and for listeners now that have, have started with, with this episode Adam's episode uh, would have been out this week as well so uh, there, there may be a little crossover but we, we spoke to to, to Adam about how, how they that they, they come to, to get jitters or jits that the, 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 the camper van that they've spent the last three or so years living in and it's, it's, it's a it's a beautiful story of how that come about and and it's led to a, a really fitting and beautiful life uh, doing jitters justice and and, 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 and continuing the adventures and, and a beautiful story um but all of that aside, Let's start your playlist, Tanya, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please.
2: Of course, this is such a difficult question. And originally I was going to go with Supermassive Black Hole by Muse because that is just such a strong intro and i always felt like if that could be the theme of your life of yes i have arrived i'm here and it could give you that boost of confidence i i, I think it's brilliant but i'm actually going to say sympathy for the devil the live version uh, by the rolling stones and the reason i've picked this is it's because it's song that's been with me all throughout my life, uh, early childhood, my mom had me when she was eighteen, and she raised me as a single mom. And she always, um, so she she always had music around when 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 I was growing up, and Rolling Stones, uh, Pink Floyd, Def Leppard—that was always the music that was constantly in the house. And I remember specifically with "Sympathy for the Devil." Um there was, a, it was on TV, the, the live version was being replayed on TV. And my mom asked me to record it on the cassette. Um, I think at the time, I mean, all growing up, really, we only ever had access to two, to two channels. So whenever we wanted to enjoy something again, we'd always record it. So I recorded it on the cassette tape. And I just kept playing it over and over and over again. Um, since I was really, really young, and it's, it it's still i just still remember seeing mick jagger coming up from underneath the floor of the stage and it's just a belter and i just i i love it so that's the one i'm gonna go for that's
1: a fantastic choice and and super massive black holes no one's ever chose that either and it's like that's like no one's somebody's chose satisfaction by the the stones i think and i think maybe someone has chose Jumping Jack Flash, but no one's chose Symphony for the Devil yet, which seems bananas, seeing as we've done over 400 episodes of this. And the same <laughs> with Supermassive Black Hole. It's like... And do you know what? The, the two things that both of them... They're very different bands, obviously Muse and The Stones, but both of them songs are arguably the two songs by both of them bands that have got more groove than anything else they've done. Because Muse... Mm-hmm just generally just really just have it and rock and and it's quite sort of big huge rock but super massive black hole for me i think it sounds a bit like prince it's got such a groove to it and and yeah. the same with, with Symphony for the devil all the stone stuff's quite bluesy rock and roll but that's just as soon as you get in bongos and like in, in like and you see jagger as well like when you get the visual it's like it's just
2: the performance oh, yeah
1: unbelievable like have you ever managed to see the, the Stones live?
2: No, that 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 would be a dream. No, I, I and I think that if I ever got the chance to, I'd have to bring my mom. There would be no <laughs> other no other way. She 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 would disown me if I didn't.
1: I was so lucky. I got to see them maybe fifteen years ago, and it was meant to be in at Wembley. And I think they they were just doing some work on Wembley, so they moved it to Twickenham. And I'm not a huge Stones fan. I just like all the hits. And, uh, you know, and, oh, my God. It was just, I remember the, light, the the lights went down and it just, this little light just lit up uh, Keith Richards and he started playing the opening bars to Jumping Jack Flash and it was like, oh, my God. And then Mick Jagger <laughs> comes strutting out full kind of peacock and he did not stop. And he's about 130 and he didn't stop for, like, it must have been two and a half hours. It was absolutely incredible. And he's still doing it. Like, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, you,
2: yeah, you got to wonder, like, where is he getting this energy from? And, yeah, it just – I mean, all of them, to be fair, but him in particular, how they command this stage, yeah. it's just hypnotising. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned um, you grew up with uh, – your mum as a single parent where was that where was she born so
2: I was born in Mexico my whole family is from Mexico and I was raised in Ireland so when I was seven my mom and I moved to Ireland and through a several course of events we ended up living there you know until until I I went off and and, and worked abroad but um it's a strange one because Sometimes when you are born in a different country and raised in a different culture, there's this kind of internal struggle of your identity because whilst I consider... I, whenever anyone asks where you're from, I'll always say I'm Irish. I'm from Ireland. That is the culture that I identify myself with the most. Um, it, it, I also... There, Ireland gave me so many opportunities that I would have never had access to having grown up in mexico and so for me i identify myself as irish however you know because i wasn't born there uh, especially when you're younger when you grow up people well when i was younger say i was bullied in school because i looked different because i sounded different because my accent wasn't you know fully irish um and and all of that and then obviously mexican culture is amazing the music the the food the people the colors all of it and and i like to identify myself as mexican sometimes but i also feel like i haven't earned the title because even though that is the uh, that is the country i was born in i haven't spent enough time there so it's a very interesting one and it has conjured up a lot of uh particularly recently just a lot of thoughts in uh, and reflections of of what identity is and kind of who who am i and 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 what am i made up from if that makes sense
1: do you think there are things that that have have started to kind of maybe present themselves more in your mind just as you've got like older
2: yeah i think so i think you know, as Adam and I look to the future and um, think about our, you know, starting a family potentially, you know, in, in in the future, I think about that child's identity and they will be born into a, a you know, an, an English father and then I very much I feel really strongly about giving birth in Ireland because again going back to all of the opportunities that Ireland gave me feeling like Ireland is my home but also there is that heritage of the rich Mexican culture that I haven't spent a lot of time delving into and Mexico is a country that Adam and I want to travel to we want to make our travel films about I want to really delve into the history and the culture and i guess like all things you appreciate that even more when when you're an adult so i think now as i'm getting older yes i i am reflecting more on um on on identity and also how am i going to pass down that culture to to my to my child because i want them to to know about the history of of their ancestors and, you know, their kind of their bloodline, but also very much proud for them to to spend time in and to grow up in Ireland or, you know, and have that Irish culture as well as England, of course. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag.
1: Absolutely. And as, as a, uh, a a lover of wild swimming, uh, Tanya, you need to uh, ensure you've swum in them snow aids because they're the absolute... <laughs> mecca of wild swimming it was the, one of the most beautiful things I've ever done and, and it's one of the most beautiful places wow. I've been Is Mexico and the cenotes are just the most ridiculous things to swim in they're just absolutely they're just something from a science fiction film right okay let's take you back for track two can you please tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please
2: I'm going to go with Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. Again, Bruce was someone who was, you know, my mom would would would, would play around the house and I think it's just the lyrics of, of this song are very reflective, very poetic, obviously um quite quite sad and you know, I I grew up as an only child and also it, When I was in school, I was also, you know, like many people do, I experienced bullying. And so um, it was always a song that made me emotional, made me cry. Last night, listened to it, preparing for this in tears, because it's, I don't know, it just conjures up a lot of emotion. And um, I guess the feeling that comes up for me is i guess the feeling of of feeling lonely or under uh, appreciating oh. that you're walking this life alone and um yeah i guess i it, it, it's hard to summarize but yeah it does it does make me emotional yeah
1: and and tell, t- tell me a little bit about the, 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 the that that kind of just to sort of dig a little deeper on, on that a feeling you know that that sort of sense of loneliness and and because uh, any time I speak to guests that have kind of even just changed, like, city or town and having to mm-hmm. start a new school, you know, th- the thought of that must just be terrifying. But to find yourself in a, a completely different country and surrounded by mm. a completely different culture, like, how mm. difficult was that at uh, such a formative age?
2: It was really hard um, because when I came to Ireland again I was seven and I didn't speak a word of English all I knew was to say yes and no I didn't even know my name is and I remember being in the schoolyard on my first day and the kids running up to me and saying all sorts to me they probably were asking me basic questions like what's your name where are you from you know whatever and all I did was say, at first I said yes. They all laughed and then ran away and brought a bigger group of kids. And I remember there just being just like a, a just a horde of kids say, asking me things. And then I thought, okay, well, if, if I said yes the first time and they laughed at me, then the answer must be no. And then I said no. You know, I... It's really interesting, though, because within six months, I was fluent in English and wow. again, testament, yeah, a testament to how quickly kids can pick up a new language. And so I was really fortunate in that. But it was difficult coming into a different culture, also because you know the life that i the life that I was born into and uh, raised in initially in Mexico, you know, we're, we're not in any way rich, you know, not even middle class. And I think real working class, I, I, I mean, I think it would be fair to say, I come from a poor background, um, if, you, if you want to put it that way. And being from a poor background in Mexico is tough. And it was very tough on my mom. And so growing up in Ireland, where it was just my mom and I, and we had to, you know, she, she worked extremely hard, she, um, it, it, it wasn't easy. And I was surrounded by other kids who had it a lot easier than me. They had a normal childhood. And so I think that was a cultural shock, especially just in general, if you compare Mexico to Ireland, you know, off the back of the Celtic tiger. And it was just, A completely different world, and trying to navigate the world when everyone, all the other kids around me, had a lot more than I did, or I would get bullied because of the shoes that I would wear because they weren't fashionable, or you know they're just practical, or you just it 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 does affect you when you're when you're younger. But um, I think really where I where I came into my own was when I started university. I think yeah. that that was, I, I started to really um, feel like I could be like myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. We'll pick back up on, on, on that in a moment, but um, let's, let's, for track theory, I'm going to take you back to uh, the more.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
1: Sort of formative years of school and, and ask you to tell me the song that soundtracked your time at school, please.
2: So I'm picking a snow by uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I think Red Hot Chili Peppers was just a band that was always around in my school days and in particular because um, the the boys that I used to hang around with they were in, in the, the group of friends, they would always share like CDs with the girls, etc. And this was very much the case. And yeah, I just think it's a brilliant song. It was always playing, and yeah, I, listening back to it, it really takes me back to to my school
1: days. And 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 not so much the, the the sort of the infant school days, and 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 when you first came over. By the time you got to sort of uh, secondary school, um, mm-hmm. did you have sort of did you have any idea what you wanted to do, like, what you wanted to be?
2: Yes, actually, I was really convinced that one day I was going to be an entrepreneur. That was what I, I wanted from the get-go. I'm pretty sure I still had notebooks when I was maybe like nine and ten, and I would write that in. Um, I loved the idea of making, something out of myself in terms of like a business Uh, again I think it was coming from Mexico and feeling like landing in Ireland was our golden ticket and it was um, I guess it was a life that I wouldn't have otherwise had had I been had I stayed in Mexico because if I'd stayed in Mexico I would have never learned English I would have never um, had access to third level education in the way that you do in Ireland and again this is why I keep saying how Ireland has given so much Ireland has free third level education Um, and as well as that because of financial circumstances I had access to grants Um, my master's also was essentially free because I got grants for it so despite of our economic situation I was given this education and so yeah I uh, and now I've like, uh, now I've forgotten the question.
1: No, you, you said that you wanted to be a, an entrepreneur, and like, yes, had, yes, had you kind of like looked into uh, in, in what in, in what kind of space did you want to do that in? What was you gonna sort of you know excel within within that?
2: I had absolutely no idea. I just knew that I wanted to start. I wanted to start a business because that would give us the kind of the financial security and it has always been a dream of mine and it continues to be a dream of mine to be able to get to a place financially where i can set my mom up um, with something that she can call her own and so that she doesn't have to worry and she doesn't have to stress about money and i guess being an entrepreneur and having your own business for me from an early age signified success and um in many ways what adam and i are doing is entrepreneurial and um what i love about it is because it's a business but it's also really creative and yeah i just i i just love that
1: Which you i mean uh, 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 to correct me if i'm wrong but you got more involved in in, in filmmaking when you started Doing, mm-hmm. do, doing the the, the documentary of Adam right when 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 you went on the, on your travels but tell me a little bit about how how much of a, a sort of creative person you was growing up
2: well I think for for me I was I think like many people the like creativity was well I don't want to say like beaten mad of me but that's just you know figure of speech I naturally gravitated to more of the you know the the subjects like business and maths and all of that but you know looking back I was very good at art when I took up art when I was 16 for example um for my leaving search which I think is the equivalent of A-levels um with that much kind of background, I, I I got an A. And so I felt at that point, I was like, wow, I could have been pursuing a kind of like an artistic path. And I guess another example is when I was doing my master's or when I was interviewing to go into my master's, you have to, you know, there's, there's lots of people that, that want to get into a specific course and they divide you into either the creative route or the account management route. And, because of everything that I had done, um, like internships or extracurricular activities that I had taken upon myself up until that point, they said, oh, despite the fact that you wanted to go into the creative route and you wanna be like an art director or a copywriter, it looks like you fit into this box, this box of more strategic management, et cetera. And I think that is a good example of how, uh, as time would go on your teachers and everyone else would guide you a different direction despite the fact that you might have flourished and yeah. really enjoyed being creative and so you know for me before I met Adam and the life I've had before he's making films on YouTube has been working in creative agencies and so you know being the 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 strategic uh thinker as well as the um the overall kind of manager of campaigns for tv out of home radio for big brands and i get to and, and i've gotten to work with lots of producers creative directors film directors and that has edged me closer and closer to scratching that age of creativity because yeah. You're working with a team that, uh, you know, creative, creativity is at the heart of, of yeah. that advertising.
1: I'm going to ask that for the next track, and then I'm going to pick back up on that, because I've got something I want to ask you about that. Um, but I'm going to ask you first to tell me, uh, please, the first record you remember buying from a record store.
2: So I'm pretty sure that it was Survivor by destiny's child and uh of course uh, all, all of the all of the classics like Lishes and all of it. you can imagine me growing up and um i was you know 12 and 13 and yeah destiny's child were just my number one go-to mm-hmm. girl band and i think you know specifically when we talk about buying an album it was that but i had recalled earlier that um, at the time, I couldn't I couldn't afford to buy CDs, but I would go to the local library because the library would have the CDs there, and um, I would take out. I mean, I can't remember. And I was probably like things like Boyzone and Spice Girls and all of it. And another thing I remembered um, was that when uh, Britney Spears came out with "Hit Me Baby One More Time,"
0: yeah,
2: I think that would have been like a few a few years later there were these little gadgets that you basically played like a 30 second sound clip of each song i don't know if i mean if anyone listening will ever remember these but you you would you would buy this little plastic gadget and they would come with a you could buy you know the 30 second clip of n sync or the 30 second clip of britney spears and you would have to put this mini plastic cassette into this mechanism, and they will play the songs for thirty seconds, and that was enough. Um, but I remembered that as well. So I, I, as I was trying to think of of the question,
1: that's almost preempting that 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 kind of shortening and, and tightening of the attention span of of of, of, of you mm. youths You know that are now, you know, that the pop music is now being tailored for algorithms on TikTok and Spotify to. You know, to, to uh, and and making it happen. Or I, I I sometimes ask the songwriters and stuff that I have on the podcast about the intro to the songs now, and are they shortening things now because it's it's so awash with, with with music now, and and everything seems to be getting smaller and faster. And I actually mentioned that to Adam as well, just saying you know, as as YouTubers, how much uh, uh, you know attention and focus do you put on your first 10 seconds of your video because there's constantly mm. things on the side of the screen saying oh you might like this click this click this yeah. and it's like and and i was and i'm sure you'd echo what 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 adam says in and 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 it's credit to the the the, the film the filmmaking that you that you do and how, how incredibly professional and brilliant it looks um that you don't Compromise on clicks and compromise on what well, we've got to make it. You make these beautiful pieces of art, and, and I think that it's good that there's not this compromise to get. Do you know what I'm, what I'm trying to say, Tanya? It, it, <laughs> it, it's like you know, a, a song shouldn't just be all focused about this quick intro at the minute, just so they get the hit rates and they get the downloads. It, it's like because you're compromising the art, and I, and I think that you get a beautiful balance of making it. Instantly pulled me in the minute that I first watched your first video, and and, and then it, and it and it just held me there because the it's beautiful what you do, and it, and it looks so beautiful, and yeah, I, it's 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 quite strange. I'm 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 I've sort of spoke to so many people over the years that that that, that really fire me up like and, and inspire me, but. Yeah, you, you, you used to have done that way more than any of my favorite bands and uh and it's oh. it's, it's it's impacted me to the point where it's literally going to change my lifestyle. And That um, is
2: amazing.
1: So uh, so thank you. Um I want to talk about university now and uh, 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 and because from what I gather from from listening to to, to the podcast and listening to you talk on on, on YouTube you excelled in in your career as well and you am i right in saying that you worked in in a lot of major cities and 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 kind of done very very well tell me for somebody that was experiencing bullying in the younger years and and you said a little while ago that you came into your own when you got to university tell me a little bit about the confidence that you got then and 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 ultimately that took you to to where you know where you was looking to go career-wise
2: yeah, that's a great question. I think in school, um, my mom always put emphasis in in me working hard at school and getting good grades. She always said that that was my passport. She said your education is your passport, and you know, getting a good job it, it's just so important. And she said we're a team; it's the two of us. I go out and you know, uh, make money for the two of us, and your job, uh, as well as cleaning the house and doing all of that stuff, was to get good grades. And with that, it meant that I, I spent time studying, I spent time, I would always sit at the front of the class and put my hand up, and I would get jeered for doing so and, and taking genuine interest in, in my studies. That's so and,
1: shit, isn't it? It's so shit yeah. that culture like, still exists in, in you know, <laughs> that to be excited and inspired and, and to be smart and be educated is like... <laughs> What? what are you doing that for it's crazy right
2: <laughs> i think that's just kids and i don't think that's ever going to change because yeah it's it's cooler to be the kids at the back of the bus you know not caring about school or not caring about homework and yeah and and so you know i was i was enthusiastic um about school i was enthusiastic also by getting involved in extracurricular activities and um you know to be fair i think that's why i came into my own when i started university because in university i was able to join different societies like the business and management society where we you know organize guest speakers from around the world to come in and, and talk about entrepreneurship or etc or we had um the fashion society which you know I got involved as uh, being head of PR and sponsorship and, you know, pitching to big brands like Alfa Romeo, who I pitched to, to sponsor our our student fashion show, and they became a sponsor for three years, or Vodafone, who became a sponsor as well. And so I was able to be like my nerdy, enthusiastic self without having people jeer me, because they were off doing their own thing. They were off partying, if that's what they wanted to do. And instead, I was surrounded with other people that also wanted to do extracurricular stuff and got a buzz of learning new skills, like how to write you know, a, a pitch or... You know i i would end up staying in uh in uni in the society's office until 11 o'clock at night with my other fellow nerds and we would be we were we, you know we would find ways to um you know we would organize the fashion show so like, getting the venue um you know we would have like the music acts there and just all of these things it just felt like more real world experience let's say whereas getting involved in extracurricular activities is usually not like a cool thing to do yeah. but I did and I felt like I was being accepted and celebrated for that because the university loved that I was so involved and um I I also felt like yeah I could just be myself I went for a class president and class president isn't about a popularity contest it's about like oh you get to organize events like yeah I'll do that and so yeah I I I really did feel like university. I felt so much more confident, and I I was surrounded with like-minded people, and I had I had lots of fun as well.
1: Yeah, well, we'll talk about that on the next question. Um, but I, I think like it is school uh, generally through the experience of you know just chatting to guests on here, it feels like you just have to kind of just get your head down and get through school. And if you find your tribe at school, you're very lucky. But uh, it, for me, it's always further education where I think you kind of you know, got a little bit more maturity and you find your tribe and then everything's mm-hmm. generally all right at that point onwards. But um, but okay, you had some fun at university. Good. Let's talk about clubbing. Track five, the song that soundtracked your years clubbing, please.
2: Yes. So this is Empire State of Mind by JC and Alicia Keys. And When I think back on this, this was just a song that was constantly playing probably towards the end of the night. And I remember this really fondly because I wanted so badly to live in New York. I wanted so badly to get an opportunity to to work there. There There's just such magic. And again, for for me there. i mean just just to paint a picture in in university they have uh, like many universities they have an erasmus program where you can go and study abroad and my university had the same thing i was studying business management at the time and they had one spot for someone from the course of 300 people to go and uh and and, and, and go and study in new york on an exchange basis now, this was all based on your grades. Now, contrary to what I said up earlier, that I was a studious person in school, when I got to university, I ended up being quite distracted with all these extracurricular activities because I realized like, wow, this is real world stuff. Yeah. I was doing internships. I, I, I really felt like I was alive. And so I definitely let my grades drop. Uh, I was still spending more time in, in the actual building of our uh, of the university longer than anybody else because I was doing all of this extra organization of different things, but my grades had dropped, which meant that I was not, uh, I did not have a chance to, to go to New York because I did not get the top grades. But it was all through a very um, uh, lucky incident that the person who had accepted New York couldn't take it at the very last moment they they just couldn't and the stars aligned and the head of my of my course said Tanya you know what this means it's like you can take you New York if you um if you so wish and I just I couldn't believe it because it was my absolute dream and when I said it to my mom she without hesitation she said absolutely yes and she gave me all of her savings which at the time were i think it was ten euro and she said if you can make ten euro last for one year while you're in new york you can go that is where you're where you're taking and i did i did i i i i went and i also did an internship i lived on satin island which is not the city it's a much further away i i i shared a tiny little room with somebody else that you know paying 300 a, a month um, but I I felt like I had made that happen and I guess that's also why it's so important like this song is I always romanticized in New York and going there on Erasmus and studying there and doing my internship there, unpaid internships of course, um, doing my, my internships there. I just It it lived up to the expectation, and I went out clubbing a lot when in New York and on a budget because you might be familiar that in cities like New York and I'm pretty sure like Miami, LA, etc. They um they they let girls in, young girls in for free, and you get to drink for free um as long as you go with promoters. So I was there with uh, with other girls from Ireland, and we would go out very often, three or four nights a week, and. We would spend no more than the twenty dollars that it would take us for you know for the um, for the taxi home between us because we would get you know all public transport to the club and then we would enjoy ourselves for free and then come back in a taxi. So yeah, that song. Before I got to New York and then during my time there, I just, yeah, it, it always played and it would always get the, um, the club going because everyone would be in New York. Yeah. We're like, yes, this is us. And it's
1: a banger. Yes. What's interesting is uh, I don't know uh, of you and Adam who, who deals with the budget in when, when you when you's
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.
1: Go um but you seem very, very proud that you managed to have a night's clubbing for twenty dollars. I'm just going to let you know now, <laughs> Adam. When he answered this question, he used to go to a club in Falmouth, I believe, that was twelve quid to get in, and it was unlimited free drinks. He's actually more budget. <laughs> he's budgeted better than you. <laughs>
2: oh but how much did he spend getting home there you go that's <laughs> the real point. question
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful well to, to to see that that story go where, where you you know cease that opportunity and and then you know work these free internships to to to, to sort of get where you wanted to get where where does that drive come from
2: absolutely comes from my mom um i think her raising me at such a young age with little to absolutely no support from anybody else and the way that she brought me up to work hard to believe in myself and believe that anything was possible as long as i put my mind to it and as long as i you know um i i I will i prioritize my studies i think absolutely it came from her because we I wouldn't have the life that I do without her, and without her work ethic and how she worked multiple jobs. And she, she still, you know, to this day is she's an inspiration to me in that regard. And and, you know, like like all things, um, you know, our our relationship isn't isn't perfect by by any means. But um, and I you know probably don't say it to her enough, but I am really proud of her and all of her achievements and seeing her. Lift herself out of the situation and the life that she grew up in, and really and truly lifting me out of that. Because she said, "When I had you, I knew that I had to push you forward, and I knew that every decision that I was going to make in my life was in your best interest, and to make sure that you had a better life than I did." And I do. I I speak English, and I'm educated, and I have, you know, even before doing the traveling with Adam, I I got to go on trips when when we were in ireland and we would scrape some money together my mom would always prioritize travel we would you know get the cheapest cheapest flights on ryanair and we would go for a weekend and we'd stay in hostels that were really questionable and you know we would get head lice and all of this stuff but it was all in the name of adventure and she said like travel 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 because know travel and and learn from other people and learn from other cultures because it is such a privilege and it is not the cards that we had been dealt with initially and so that perseverance and determination to make something out of myself or you know to to reach my potential whatever that would be that has always come from my mom and she's always been she's she's always been that driving force and has believed in me wonderful
1: I'm going to ask you, I'm going to take you home uh, for this track and it's a favourite song from an artist and I've got a feeling you've done what Adam's done. A favourite song from an artist from your home county.
0: No,
2: no, no, no. This, I... Do you know so what? Because I know that we both read it the same way. We thought you meant home country, but <laughs> this actually still works as I've looked it up. So I'm picking Taking Me to Church by Hoisier. And he's actually from Bray, which is in Dublin. So I that that is where I'm from. Um and I love this track. Again, just to bring it back to New York, um, when I was in Ireland, I, I after I had uh, finished with my studies, I was working in, in an office as a as a media planner, uh, working on brands like Guinness. And we were putting on a, a live performance with Hoysier. It was going to be a complete, a very intimate live performance surprise to the people that were going to be in that pub. And we were going to record it. So we've recorded it, but we also recorded an interview with him beforehand. And the live performance was of this song. Um, Really, I mean, it's very emotional. I mean, his vocals are incredible, and I think he's an amazing artist. But in his interview, he was asked about his journey and into his, you know, making it as a musician and getting that big break, and and what his family thought, and how up until the point of where he got his big break, his family were like really against him. Uh, pursuing a, a career as a musician because they said well you're never going to make it you're never going to make enough money and there was a soundbite, something that he said that really stuck with me and he had said that if I had never tried if I had never tried to to pursue this passion and make it into something the regret of that would haunt me more than than anything else and you know he articulated it a lot better than I just did but I kept playing this video that we had created that went alongside that would just inter like eject, and it, it would cut into the, the song Take Me to Church. And I kept thinking about that and how he has made it and that motivation. And that's when I thought to myself, right, I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can to return to New York and to get a job there. Um, I want to work there because. It just, you know, it lights me up as much as I love hiking and love being in the outdoors. I also really love being in a city and New York really does that for me. And it was a song that I had on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, and it's words on repeat. Um, And, you know, I was very laser focused and I ended up getting my dream job in my dream agency in New York. Um, And that was yeah, that was a that was a, a a huge moment of achievement for for me.
1: And so you reach this, this you know, the, the, the pinnacle of, of of what you set out to do, which is which is incredible. And then you decide, do you know what I'm going to do? I want to go and live in a camper van. That, <laughs> that's quite some change.
2: It really is, isn't it? It's a stark contrast because. <laughs> you know, to, to paint a picture of, of when I, when I got the job in New York and when I was working there, um, it's just crazy long hours, advertising, like many jobs, it's like incredibly demanding, you know, you're in, in, you're in the office early, you're in there like a half, seven, eight o'clock and you're not leaving, you're not arriving home until 11. Um, American working culture as well is tough. Um, you get 10, Days off uh, each year uh, for annual leave. And I didn't take any of them. I was not because it felt like I couldn't, but maybe in a way it was that. It was the culture that I was surrounded in. But I was just so enveloped in work. And my identity was also enveloped in work and climbing up that corporate ladder. And, you know, that inner child in me that was like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a, you know, businesswoman. Was the voice in my head that was like, right? One day, the ultimate dream would be to become the CEO of of a, a, an advertising agency, um, and advertising in particular, again, because it married to the two things that I loved. It was like that creativity, but also that strategic thinking. That uh, in in many ways has just come natural to me, and yeah. I get excited by it. And that's what. That's what I wanted to do, but then, you know, with the with the long hours and everything, you start and again, in New York, there's also like this materialistic lifestyle. So I will hold my hands up and say that I bought too many clothes, too many shoes, had a lot of emphasis on material things. And I also think when I reflect on it, I think it was uh, coming from a background where we didn't have a lot and we barely had enough that as soon as i got a job that gave me the opportunity you know i was getting those paychecks every two weeks and i was in new york and all of this i thought oh i've made it and i was filling this void with all of this stuff because i felt that those physical material things were the signs of success and so I think it was a couple of years later that I stumbled upon YouTube videos or, you know, minimalism and how that was, I, I I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but I thought that's a really interesting concept. And once you go down that rabbit hole, you start coming up with like tiny home videos, also boat life, fan life. And I thought, well, that is really interesting. Imagine being in a tiny little space which I'm very comfortable with and have always been comfortable with because my mom and I have always lived in tiny places and we lived in bed sits so I know how to be very strategic with yeah. things and you know, you know, storing things under the bed and et cetera, and, and working in small spaces. And I thought I could do that. And you get to travel, which is again, something that my mom had instilled with me being like, if you get an opportunity, do it. And you can do it on a scrappy budget, but go and see the world because you can. And that's why that had the appeal to, to van life. It was the freedom. And, you know, but also it felt like, like a pipe dream because one, I didn't have a van. Uh, nor a driving license, and um, it was it was how how would you even make that work? Because I had two conflicting identities, right? I had the climbing up the corporate ladder, working really hard, long hours, etc., having no life work balance at all. And it, to you know, to be completely candid with you, I was completely happy to do that. I was completely happy to give up my evenings and even my weekends to work because I felt like. I was getting the buzz of, of doing well and, you know, the pat on the back. Um, I had that. And at the same time, I wondered about a life that could be more simple and more freeing and just could give me the opportunity to travel to these places that I couldn't otherwise go. And that was the seed that was planted in my head again it was a pipe dream until I met Adam and he had a van and he had this same dream. So it was just a no brainer.
1: And, uh, and, and honestly, I, I, I said it during Adams several times as well that for, for those that have, have yet to go and, uh, look at, uh, Jits into the sunset on, on, on YouTube, or go check out the podcast as well. Start, start with a YouTube for a hundred percent and just go and go and see the, the absolute magic that, um, that adam and tanya have created it's 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 something really beautiful and it's it's a, an amazing i guess a photo album of your travels you know in and in, in, in the most expansive beautiful way and it's it's something to behold so i, I can't recommend that you just go and check that enough one thing tanya that i didn't ask adam that I'm, I'm, I'm i, I want to ask you is like, in your travels mm-hmm. you must experience so much world music in all of these different places where you wake up each day and and such but one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, I from the, like when you do your little van tours and such, and, 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 I can't see a stereo in jits. Is there one?
2: Oh yeah, we do have a stereo in jets, actually. Don't 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 worry. I don't make sure that we have brilliant sound he's all about the bass since we we met he was like can you feel that in your chest look at the bass so yes we do have one and actually actually we've recently upgraded to a much bigger one because the the bass is the best and it's uh it's a whopper of a stereo so um yeah it's it very important that there is good sound when we're playing our music in a teeny tiny van that definitely doesn't need a it, space. It's, it's yeah it makes it feel more more like home
1: wonderful wonderful so so isa do you like sort of put together like like little playlists and stuff for each adventure or do you just sort of make them up on the go
2: Oh, Adam is the king of playlists. We actually have a playlist for, I think it's called Road Trip Chill Playlist, and also like a summer playlist, which we've made public and we share with our community. And I think we have, one of them has nearly a thousand hearts or people have favorite it is. And so we have our go-to playlist that we love to put on whilst we're driving, whilst we're cooking. But actually, to be fair, now more and more, um, we, we're starting to spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and audiobooks as well. But yeah, the playlist, you, you can't go wrong. hes uh, He takes all the credit for them because they're just, they're, they're bang on.
1: So you, you touched on something that you said, um, the, co- the community. And so give me a little sort of snapshot as as to a community that I'm very keen to become part of. Um but tell me a little bit of, of the sort of the change from from working in, you know, that 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 corporate um life that you had, you know, working every hour to then living in the van. But then tell me about the people that you've come into contact now and that community and how freeing has that been and just just give me like a a little bit of an insight into into the community of of van lifers
2: sure i think the beautiful thing about van life and the community is that everyone comes from such different backgrounds and um and also different stages in life because some of the people that we feel the most inspired by are people that are in their 60s or 70s? Shout out the retirement
1: rebel shout. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: she's brilliant. Siobhan Daniels, yeah, she she was brilliant. She was um she was one of our guests on our podcast, and I mean she's just a great speaker, and she's just a, a fabulous, inspiring woman. But exactly just stories like Siobhan and other people on the road, is that Van Life doesn't have an age. And it's something that I think if you look at social media and you search the hashtag van life, often you'll come across pictures of people in their 20s, you know, and they're living in these like really beautifully decorated vans. And also like they have ridiculous things, in my opinion, like tiles or like massive sinks or like really heavy sinks and and, you know, they're picture perfect. And I mean, good, good for them. But Really and truly, when you get out there, you meet so many just kind of normal people living in scrappy vans like ours as well. And yeah, it's I I love the fact that it is from, you know, people from different age groups and different backgrounds. And actually, one of the things that we notice as we were starting to share our journey is that we would start getting emails from people that were in their 40s or in their 70s and you'd have someone message us in their 40s being like oh I love watching your travels but I'm too old and I wish that I could um you know I I could go and turn back time and and get off and and go and you know and then we'd have people that would be older that would have started their travels and are taking up things like hiking or while swimming or you know they're bird watching whatever it is and we just thought you guys need to talk to each other so we started a, a facebook group the you know for over 50 so that people could share their stories and for those that are van curious um and and maybe feeling like oh i'm too old for this because when i look on social media people are much younger um that they could connect with others and actually go no there's there's no age limit to this like adventure keeps you young and it's a fabulous way to to live retirement age or not. And likewise, we also say to, um, you know, people that are younger or people that are our age, we say like, you don't have to wait for your retirement to to dip your toe into van life because yeah. it's, you know, you your future and your retirement is not guaranteed. Yeah. And if, if that is what you want to do, and it's very much the story for Adam and I, we wanted to we wanted to explore we wanted to travel and the trajectory that i was going at least i was you know you know good job working up the corporate ladder you know saving up for my retirement and it's like oh well what would i do with my time when i would retire and and that money um and it would be go traveling in a van so it was like well why don't i do that now so the community to to go back to the question about the community very supportive um on you know social media as well we were stuck in, on a Portuguese farm during the pandemic for three months, and the community and the strength of the Van Life community um, was was incredible to see because there were many people that we had never met in person, but that we were speaking to online in Instagram DMs, and we were all helping each other. I don't have a place to stay. Does anyone know someone in the south of France, which is you know, and so it's very very supportive because it's it's a very unique lifestyle when you, it involves you cleaning out your 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 poop and you know chasing after resources it's very unique yeah
1: wonderful well i'm going to ask you for your last track now please and that's the song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear please
2: yes i'm going to go with signals by and i think this is how you pronounce the same. Junius mayvant he is an Icelandic uh, singer-songwriter and this was a song that I discovered through one of the playlists that Adam made and it is always on repeat um his um his vocals and his it's just it's 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 a very it's a very emotional track and it makes me feel inspired. I guess those would be the words to describe it. And I don't think that uh, as many people that should uh, uh, know his work and in particular the song have heard of it. So I hope that someone listening will find it and love it too.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. And Iceland is one of the most magical places on the planet as well. Oh, yes. I can't shout out Iceland enough. It's amazing. Um. Okay, well, we make it easy for people to find that that track, Tanya, because we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast with all of the the the, uh, the tracks that we've spoken about today. Um, moving forwards, so from what I gather from uh, from the podcast and, and from YouTube, Jitsy's is is, is is looking like she's not too far from retirement at some point. So. <laughs> So what's coming up, what's the, what's, the, what's the new adventure? What can we expect from, from you and Adam this year?
2: We are heading off backpacking. Uh, our first stop is Indonesia, and we're hoping to go to places like Japan, Nepal, um, maybe go to places like Madagascar. We would love to go to um, Africa on safari. When we went to Costa Rica last year, we just loved being around wildlife. So that is something that we definitely will be chasing this year. And we both recognize how lucky we are that now, somehow, somewhere, I don't know how it's happened, but this has become our our job as well as our lifestyle. So we get to decide of like, what are the places that inspire us? What are the places that we can tell? interesting stories and really shine a light on the culture of the place and go hiking in their national parks and do these type of adventures and share with other people and so that really has now dictated our our future travel plans which are constantly in flux but yeah we're we're really excited so backpacking and then um depending on how jits does we might do a couple more jits trips otherwise fitting out a new van building off an off-grid homestead, but travel and adventure will always be a part of this.
1: Oh, well, whatever it is, I can't wait to watch it because, uh, as, as mentioned before, it used to have been so inspiring and and, and, and super entertaining to to, to to watch your journeys and, uh, and, and long may they continue. Um, Tanya, I've had an absolute joy uh, talking to you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me
1: absolute pleasure i'm gonna press stop don't go anywhere there you go oh, i hope you enjoyed the episode it was such a delight to uh to sit down with tanya as it was adam as well if you've listened to this episode first before you've listened to part one adams i don't know what's wrong with you but um we normally go episode one then episode two but if you want to be a bit maverick and a bit alternative and do it back to front that's fine Both chats are absolutely delightful. Uh, So go get stuck into them. Make sure you go and check out um, Jits into the Sunset uh, on YouTube. Go check out the podcast. Um, It's a real lovely warm listen. I don't listen to hundreds of podcasts, but um, I've absolutely rinsed that season. It's my dog walk um, go-to pod listen. And it's lovely hearing them talking to people that have chosen kind of more alternative lifestyles, whether that be on boats, whether that be backpacking, living in cars and vans and it, it's just it's, it's wonderful so um I'd, I'd highly recommend it but whatever you do go subscribe to jits into the sunset over on youtube because um yeah it's beautiful um right i'll be back next time in the meantime um just be uh ruddy bloody nice to each other and i'll see you on the other side Bye bye